Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. A little focus on Mary this morning. So a little bit of uh, Christmas in our midst in August. This is a song called The Look of Our Love. Good morning. Good morning. Are we on? We're on. Good. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, uh, Sheila. And thank you, Ron, for beautiful music already this morning. And we have lots of beautiful music uh, coming to us as we go through this service. Um, we're going to be focusing on Mary this morning, um, and there's a reason for that. But also, besides welcoming you and some visitors that we haven't seen for a while that we're so happy to see, uh, we have people up there up in the cloud. They're all over the nation. They're worshiping with us from home. So just wave at those folks. 
We, we miss you. We love you. We're happy you're with us. It's good for us to be together. You also notice that the table is set as we will be sharing Holy Communion uh, together this morning as well. And we'll tell you more about that as we get closer to that uh, this morning. Uh, so everything's going to be projected for you. And uh, we do have a little video clip during the sermon that the sound doesn't work. So I think Carl's going to play maybe behind it or something. We'll see what happens there. Use your imagination. Uh, but I'm, I'd invite you now, if it's comfortable, to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is good that we are here. Let us sing together our gathering hymn, a Ray McKeever piece, Come and See. have found the Messiah in the water we have found the Messiah on the road to Galilee found the Messiah come and see oh come and see well John saw the Spirit when the Holy Dove come and see oh come and see came down to rest on the light of love Come and see, oh, come and see. We have found the Messiah in the water. We have found the Messiah on the road to Galilee. Found the Messiah. Come and see, oh, come and see. Behold, said John the Lamb who takes away. Come and see, oh, come and the sin and the evil in the world today come and see oh come and see we have found the messiah in the water we have found the messiah on the road to galilee found the messiah come and see oh come and see when we ask jesus where do you stay Come and see, oh, come and see. Come follow me and I will show the way. Come and see, oh, come and see. We have found the Messiah in the water. We have found the Messiah on the road to Galilee. Found the Messiah. Come and see, oh, come and see. We continue now with the responsive reading, the litany for this Sunday. I was glad when they said to me, by the invitation of Almighty God, all are welcome. You are welcome here. I have serious doubts and questions. You are welcome here. God calls you to a new beginning. All are welcome at God's table. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We continue now with our hymn of praise, uh, hearkening to this table and the setting here. Let us go now to the banquet.
so that no one will lack for food. Let us go now to the banquet, to the feast of the universe. The table set and a place is waiting. Come everyone with your gifts to share. May we build such a The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we have come to feast at the banquet of your grace. We've come to see you, to experience your love, to fill our tanks and charge our batteries, that fed and forgiven we might go forth to make a difference for good in the world. Send your Holy Spirit now and open our hearts that our worship would be honest, inspiring, and true. Strong name of the Messiah, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And Judy Smith is going to read for us this morning a text uh, that will lead us into proclamation this morning. Thanks, Judy. morning. Good morning. The gospel reading is from the first chapter of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in, the, in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now... You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me. According to your word, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You might have heard this next song before. Um, 
And if so, uh, and there's a place that you just can't help but joining in and singing, you're welcome to do that. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. When the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. For though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see There will be an answer Let it be 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 There will be an answer Let it be 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 Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be. And when the night is cloudy, there is still a light that shines on me. Shine until tomorrow. Let it be. I wake up to the sound of music. Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be. Let it be, let it be, there will be an answer, let it be. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell how many of you were singing along. I could see some masks moving, but uh, how many of you were kind of singing along underneath the mask? Yeah, a few of you. You've heard that one before? <laughs> Figured maybe. Uh, so, so what are we doing? Christmas in August? What's going on here? Christmas birth stories, Judy? Ending the service this morning. I don't know if you saw that, but we're in the service with joy to the world. What? Was this your idea, Carl? <laughs> yeah. Christmas in August? Not at all. In fact, we're trying to put a little distance between Christmas and the story of Mary, a flesh and blood woman, a woman with feelings, hopes, and dreams, a real woman whose identity has been mostly lost, as most people only know her to be the mother of Jesus 
and probably could say little more about her. Okay, I guess I might as well just get this out of the way right off the bat. Because I'm going to make an announcement that's going to like shake your world. Change your life. Upset your traditions. Flip your calendars around. Are you ready? Sorry to do this to you, but here we go. Jesus was not Jesus was not born in December. And you go, what? And you go, what? What? Yeah, biblical scholars have really uh, thought this for some time. But now 21st century astronomers have pinpointed the date of June 17th to B.C. On that starry, starry night, Venus and Jupiter were in fact so close, so close in the sky over Palestine that they appeared to be one, one shining star, the Christmas star, June 17th. Christmas just moved from the winter solstice to the summer solstice. Sorry to upset your traditions. You see, the first Christmas was not a white Christmas. Of course, the birthday of Jesus was accurately celebrated in his family, the family home of Mary and Joseph, but outside of Nazareth, Christmas was lost in unwritten pages of history. In fact, the first recorded celebration of Christmas on December 25th was in the year 336, when Constantine was the emperor of the Roman Empire. Christmas in December? No. Christmas in August? No. As a matter of fact, this morning, I want you just to forget Christmas altogether because today we want to focus on Mary, the young woman who would become a young mother, the young woman who said, let it be, and accepted the precarious call to labor, laboring in a stable to bring a son into the world, agonizing pain, blood and water, a borning cry, and tears of joy. Nothing will shake your world like the birth of a baby. Mary held him close to her breast. The world was now filled with wonder, more wonder than she ever could have imagined, and Love, more love than she ever could have imagined. So what is this thing called love? Where does it come from? We now have three grandsons in our family, as I'm sure you know. We also have a granddaughter arriving in November, the first uh, girl in our family in a very long time. When a new child or grandchild is born, love Love does not transfer, does it? It doesn't transfer from one child to the next. It doesn't transfer from one grandchild to the next. Love does not transfer. No, love is not redistributed somehow as if there was a scarcity of love, as if love was somehow a limited commodity. No, what happens is a God thing. And you've experienced it. Love mysteriously multiplies, overflowing, beyond measure. Where does it all come from? Where was it before it came to us? Did it exist in another form or in some other place in the universe before it overwhelms our heart with the birth of a child or a grandchild? Mary's heart suddenly had now an enhanced capacity it now had the capacity to hold more love, abundant love, than she ever could have imagined. And with that, love comes... Could you hear that? No. Anyway. <laughs> what comes with that love? A terrifying vulnerability. When our first grandson, Camden, was born, we rejoiced. We were overcome with joy. And then Felicia said to me, 
now there's one more person. One more person that I will pray for and worry about for the rest of my life. (laughs) It's true, is it not? Do we ever quit worrying about them? How vulnerable love makes us. Mary's world had reoriented. This seven-pound gift from heaven was now the center of of her universe. The gift of a son. A son that would never really belong to her. Get this straight now. Get this straight. Jesus never belonged to Mary and Joseph. Unusual? Otherworldly? Not at all. Our children do not belong to us. They are simply on loan to us. They are entrusted to our care for a period of time. They are born to leave. They are taught to walk as they hold our hand. They are taught to walk that they might run by themselves. They are given wings that they might fly by themselves. And ultimately, they have to figure it out. They must chart their own course. They must find their own way. And I have to tell you, folks, it's rare. It is really rare that their way will follow the script that we had written for them in our minds. Did you follow the script that your parents had for you? You may remember the story of Martin Luther. He broke his father's heart when he turned his back on a promising legal career to become a priest, a reformer, and one of the most influential people in history. Now, our children, they must find their own way because they're not ours. They spend a few seasons with us as they grow and prepare always to leave. Now, our task this morning is to remove Mary from Christmas, to brush the snow off of her, to take off the tinsel, to peel away the romance of giving birth under the stars. If we can allow her to escape our preconceived holiday notions, we will find a young woman of faith who became an old woman of faith. Hers is a remarkable human story, but if we can escape Christmas, we will see that her story resembles the journey that is shared by every mother and every pilgrim, woman or man. Now as we enter the Mary story, it it all began at home. It began at home, the home she shared with her parents, Anna and Joachim. DNA testing would show that she was a descendant of Nathan. That's right, Nathan, who was the third son of King David and Bathsheba. Royalty, yes, I suppose, a thousand years earlier. But in Nazareth, i got to tell you, there were no royals. There were only peasants trying to survive. She was descended from the third son of David and Bathsheba. An ancient Me Too moment. Scandal alert. Mary's bloodline was stained. But then again, no family is pure, are they? There are a few horse thieves, slave owners, charlatans, adulterers, politicians even, in most of our family trees, right? Her story began at home in Nazareth. In the first chapter of Luke, we learn that Mary was engaged to the local carpenter. She was young and in love. Plans would be made for a celebration of marriage that would take over the small village of Nazareth. But life rarely plays out as expected, does it? We make our plans and then life happens. What were your plans when you were 15 years old, like young Mary? How has your life evolved, as you envisioned perhaps? A series of expected advances, smooth transitions, a fairy tale journey. Has your life been a Hallmark commercial? I doubt it. When I was 15, I was headed directly for the PGA Tour. But God had something else in mind and took me kicking and screaming like a toddler at bedtime. (laughs) Mary was at home. Mary was at home when the angel of the Lord announced a new plan. She was to give birth. Now, that was 
of course, impossible. Mary knew that. And there was a brief conversation then with the angel. You know the kind. We've all had them. This is not a good time for me. You have the wrong person for the job. Perhaps, God, you have not thought this through. This is not fair. This is not what I had in mind. If my options are the masters or going to visit nursing homes, get that green jacket for me, Lord. And there was more. Aunt Elizabeth. Aunt Elizabeth, who had been trying to have a baby for years, Aunt Elizabeth, who lived in a village outside of Jerusalem, was now just three months from giving birth herself, or so the angel said. In utter bewilderment and with faith only like a mustard seed, Mary responded saying, let it be. For the angel, assignment complete. The angel departed. And Mary immediately packed a bag and she headed out, out of town to visit her aunt. She had to verify it legally to see, to see if she, if she is morally, ethically, spiritually, physically, absolutely, undeniably, and reliably pregnant. From the Wizard of Oz, of course. <laughs> there they are. Their bellies bumped. That's in Enkaran in Israel. That's where Mary traveled to. Their bellies bumped and the babies jumped. And Elizabeth was indeed with child. And Mary, who should have been planning a wedding, instead stayed with her aunt until that bug-eating baby, John the Baptist, was born. As John Lennon wrote, Before you cross the street, take my hand. Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Mary returned to Nazareth, and she was showing now. It was not quite the scandal of David and Bathsheba, but it did offer an opportunity for small minds and wagging tongues to gossip. The trip to Bethlehem in June was also unexpected. It was ill-timed. It was uncomfortable. It was a detour for Mary Giving birth by the light of Venus and Jupiter to a baby who would never belong to her was a bonus for her faithfulness. And then what happened? The family would flee the wrath of Herod. The threat was real. This baby's life was in the balance. They fled as refugees to Egypt. Three years later, they'd make the 105-mile trek back to Nazareth, home, small-town life, the carpenter shop, and then we don't hear much. And when Jesus was 12, he began to pull away, as children do. He caused his parents great anxiety when he failed to join the Nazareth caravan home after the festival of the Passover. For three days, they'd lost their son, this son that was on loan to them. And when he was found healthy and safe, he was not the least bit remorseful. It was a foretaste of the feast to come. Some years later, Jesus would comfort his mother at the graveside, Mary's husband, the breadwinner, you might remember. The breadwinner of the family was gone. It was not as she had planned, but probably as she should have expected. Did the firstborn son take over the business? Probably, at least for a while. Before you cross the street, take my hand. Life is what happens to you while you're making other plans. Her son was 30 years old when he walked out of Nazareth, leaving behind the carpenter shop and small-town life. And at the Jordan, he collided with John the Baptist. Under the water he went, and he would never really return home again. He had no home. He had no job. He had no wife. He had no children. The firstborn son of Mary wandered the countryside like a man who was out of his senses. And in the 12th chapter of Matthew, Mary comes looking for Jesus. She arrives with her other sons, Jesus' brothers, but the rabbi is busy teaching, and the crowds are pressing in on him. And one of his disciples calls out and says, Jesus, you need to know, your mother's outside, and your brothers are out there too. They'd like a moment of your time. And Jesus responded saying, who is my mother? 
Who are my brothers? And Mary walked away publicly, disrespected, embarrassed, seemingly left behind by a son who never really belonged to her. Let it be. Let it be according to your will. It's painful, isn't it? What is it? It's a mother's journey. All mothers. Dangerous labor. Painful. Vulnerability. Surprise. Wonder. Joy. Laughter. Hurt. And grief. Mary would never leave the side of her son. And then there was this. The pain is uh, so close to home. It's both beautiful and very hard to watch. They never really belong to us. No human being belongs to another human being. No one should expect to exert control over free beings created in the image of a free God. When we remove Mary from Christmas, we find a woman, a mother, a sister on a journey. Perhaps not the superhero that the church created her to be. Her image formed more in myth than reality. Yes, she was chosen by God, but guess what? So are you. She had faith in something she could not understand. She believed that somehow God was working in the impossible, the nonsensical. She was a confused disciple like Peter. She could not understand how God was working, and yet she was present from morning cry in Bethlehem to that cross in Jerusalem. Her journey was a mother's journey. Surprise, wonder, joy, profound vulnerability, deep hurt, and ultimately unspeakable grief. And love. Mary loved. Mary loved the son who never really belonged to her. And so she stands now. She stands this common peasant, this bewildered woman, she stands as a model of faith for us. Faith in the face of a precarious, dangerous, and unpredictable journey of life. In the end, Mary stood for love. God is love. And the God of love has love that's unlimited. It's a limitless resource. It multiplies. 
God loves you. Take just a moment and hold up your weathered hands. And look at those hands and consider the journey that those hands have been on. And I want you to say out loud, God loves me. God loves me. Jesus calls us to love. May we stand for love. I want you to think about that journey as Carl's going to sing a David Roth song for us now. I stand for love. joy and for release for what is beautiful and true I stand for hope I stand for you I stand for love I stand for peace I stand for joy and for release for what is beautiful and true I stand for hope, I stand for you. You know our world is in great pain, needs our loving care again. But there are those who fail to see what we have done and what we need. There is a cost for every act. Now there is no turning back We back build a bridge We bang a drum It's time to rise The time has come To stand for love To stand for peace To stand for joy And for release What is If you're thinking it's not urgent That we've got more time to care If I'm not the one who'll change things Then for heaven's sake, who will? So I will I will climb that mountain one step at a time. I won't be swayed, I will not stop until we've made it to the top where we will stand for love and peace. We'll stand for joy and for release. What is stand for hope, we stand for you, for what is beautiful and true. I stand for hope, I stand for you. I would invite you to stand as we lift our hearts to God in prayer. Judy's going to come back and lead us in the prayers. Each uh, petition will end according to your will, and our response, let it be.
generous, compassionate God. We stand for love, hope, and peace as we gather before you to pray for the church, the world, and all in need. You have revealed your love for people overlooked and cast aside, sending your son to be born among the humble and poor. Shine the light of understanding on your church on earth. Bind us together as we welcome all and share your love with the world. According to your will, let it be. All creation longs for healing and restoration. Protect birds in their nests, fields full of crops and seas and the fish that swim in them. Protect those who protect us from the natural results of our decisions and guide us to make wise choices as we look to the future of this world. According to your will, let, let it be. be. Raise up just and wise servant leaders among us. Enlighten all who lead to discern what is right, honorable, and just, and to do what is good. Let us always keep your way of humility love and justice at the center of all we do. We lift up especially this day the people of Afghanistan and the people of Haiti as they grapple with political and natural disasters in each land. Give them wise leaders who wish freedom and peace for all people and give them hope in the midst of darkness. According to your will, let, let it be. be. Expand the understanding of this assembly to see our neighbors as you see them. Let the truth of your word grow beyond us and to expound your boundless love to those around us. We remember all who grieve the loss of loved ones, those who are ill or frail, and rejoice with all who celebrate renewal, new hope, new love, and new life in our midst. According to your will, let it be. Into your hands we place all of our prayers spoken and unspoken, trusting in the mercy of Christ our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another.
Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. After the service, we'd invite you to come on over to the gym or out in the courtyard. There's coffee in both spots. There's all kinds of treats in the gym this morning, so get some coffee and uh, cookies and visit together. We'll try to keep the air moving in there. You obviously have your mask off when you are eating and drinking, and the courtyard is open as well. So we'd encourage you to, to visit with one another as you feel safe. Um, as we move towards communion in a, few, in a few minutes, it's the same story. You must self-select what's comfortable for you. The ushers will help you to come down the center aisle. Uh, if you would like to receive uh, Holy Communion today, you'll come t- towards the baptismal font. Hold out your hand to receive the host. Uh, you'll receive the host. Go ahead and consume the body of Christ. Then you'll receive grape juice. All the little glasses have grape juice. At the next station, you can go ahead and consume that grape juice, the blood of Christ, and then drop the glass in the baskets at the end. Know that if you're not totally comfortable, you'd rather just have the grape juice, then all you got to do is cover your uh, put your hand sideways as you come forward and then go ahead and receive the grape juice. And our theology would tell us that if you received one, you've received both. So uh, Jesus is fully present here. Speaking of fully present, Ann Dotson, nice to see you this morning back from the East Coast visiting us. And thank you to our uh, uh, farmers. Uh, Lynn Dakin came in with all kinds of peaches this morning. Lynn, thank you. He said it's the tip of the iceberg, so I think there's more coming, but we're very happy for that. Thank you, Lynn. Those are by the door. There's also plums from the heart nets out there, so go ahead and put those in bags and uh, take those home if you'd like to do that. Um, Also, we are, it's been a devastating season, you know, with the fires. It's been awful. And the ELCA disaster relief is collecting money to help with the West Coast communities that have been devastated by fire. Uh, The good thing about us giving through the ELCA disaster relief is they pay all the overhead. If you give a dollar, 100 pennies of that dollar go directly to the ground to help people in those devastated communities. So if you want to help with the ELCA disaster relief now, this week, anytime, you can make out a check to the church and put wildfires in the memo, mail it in or drop it off. You can also go on to our website and hit the donate page and it'll take you somewhere and it'll have disaster relief in there. Put those in, we'll pull them all together and we'll fire those off, no pun intended. Sorry, that's a bad pun. Uh, We will send those off uh, to help our neighbors in the western United States that have been devastated by uh, wildfires. Um, Deacon Amy, come on up. Good morning. Just a couple quick announcements and starting with a word of thanks. Our Vacation Bible School mission project was a food drive and then we continued that last week with you all bringing in your donations and together we collected almost 600 pounds of food that we have donated to our hungry neighbors. So thank you for helping with that effort. Um, And then a quick note, our middle school youth group that typically meets every week, we're taking a break for the rest of the summer, and we'll start meeting again after the school year begins. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Deacon Amy, thank you. And thank you. Uh, Shout out to uh, all of our our tech people in the booth. Thank you all for your good ministry back there. It's hard. uh, uh, The technology... Technology is not easy, and we've been major rehaul or overhaul of our system, and they continue to work out the bugs. We're very thankful. And Kelsey's back there. Are you back there, Kelsey? I can't see you back there behind the screen. There she is. So I gotta, we're going to call Kelsey up the next service and send her off to college. Uh, but i got to tell you, Kelsey's been in the booth there for a couple years as she's been going to high school, and she was assigned to work the morning after her high school prom. And she would not switch and get a sub. She came here at 7 in the morning after her high school prom the night before, and today she's headed off to Hillsdale College in Michigan, driving all the way to Michigan, but she was not leaving until she came in to be with us this morning. Kelsey, we love you. We love you, and we wish you the very best, and we look forward to seeing you when you come home with uh, stories of college. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a little gift for you at the next service, uh, something to buy snow boots, because <laughs> you'll need them. 
We're gonna, anything else for the good of the order this morning? Anything else? All right. We're going to move towards this celebration then uh, of Holy Communion. I would invite you to stand. We gather here now in a familiar place at a familiar table with common elements, a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of all colors and a multitude of denominations across the world this day. And as we do so, we remember then a Thursday night in Jerusalem in an upper room. It was Holy Week. It was the night in which he would be betrayed. And on that night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, those who were about to leave him alone. He said to them, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took the cup And once again he gave thanks, and then he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. The Lord's Prayer. Gifts of God for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated.
it's comfortable, I invite you to stand. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. You have been fed. You have been heard words of forgiveness. May these words of forgiveness inspire you to go out those doors, change the world for the better. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our closing hymn, as promised, Joy to the World.